There's got to be a point in all of our lives when something happens and we become a seeker. All right, well, welcome back to another Seekers of the Eternal podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jason. Chris, how are you, brother? Hi, I'm doing great. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody listening. It's nice to have you with us for, for another get-together. These are really cathartic for Jay and I, so we hope you enjoy listening to it as well. Yeah. Well, Chris, why don't we uh, we do some deep breathing uh, to, to, to prepare ourselves for this wonderful conversation we're about to have. Let's do it. So just drop in, in with us now. This will just help us to attune ourselves for this time together. So we'll begin with a short and long double inhalation. Then we'll tense all of the muscles in the body and then we'll exhale and relax. So let's begin with a short and long double inhalation. Inhale. Low, medium, high tension in all the muscles in the body and exhale. Relax and feel release dissolve again inhale intense low medium high tension in all the muscles and exhale relax release feel last round inhale intense low medium high vibrate with willpower just a bit higher tension and exhale relax feel let go of all cares and worries oh spirit Make us better channels for this light that is flowing through us. Be behind our every thought, our every word, our every action. Om, peace, amen. Wonderful. Well, uh, today we were meant to speak with Annika Hart um, for Aya Stellar from the Aya Stellar Project. She's so busy and she has so much on the go. So uh, we will, we might be, you know, we might be pleasantly surprised and she might just pop into this podcast at any given moment. Um, but if not, we have a lot to talk about and a lot to share today and some really important uh, things to discuss. So yeah, Chris, maybe let's start with you and what's on your heart today? Yeah. So I had a, a pretty interesting experience. I posted about this in my Instagram feed. So if you want to go on there and check it out and read a little bit more. But we had it's it's cool with creating sacred art and the type of people that you start to come into contact with and the synchronicities that align themselves more and more that you just stay in this flow. And my brother and I, we we recently painted a mural in Miami in the Wynwood district. And during that time, that was during Art Basel, Miami Art Week. So there's so much going on in Miami during that time. And while we were out there, after painting the mural, we got contacted by a group that had an art exhibition in Wynwood for um, a, a renowned bhakti artist, sacred artist, a disciple of Prabhupada. And... She was, uh, she was in town. They were singing Kirtan uh, at the space there in Miami. So we got to go meet them and um, see some of the artwork there and had some really nice conversations and interactions with the group there. And they had invited us to come back to, they have a, an ashram in, in South Florida there in Hollywood, Florida. 
So they invited us to come out to their Sunday gathering that they have there. So uh, my brother and I drove down last weekend on Sunday to go to the, the Kirtan there. And they also have really, it's a Hare Krishna ashram there. So they always have a uh, great food and um, the uh, Hare Krishna, uh, uh, the uh, Krishna consciousness um, ashrams are always so beautiful, filled of beautiful artwork and um, music and food and all of that. So it's a, it's always a fun time hanging around with them. And while we were there, after after we had the uh, the the satsang with everybody, we were hanging around and chatting with uh, some of the devotees there and having some really good deep connections. And we were we were very surprised um, at the at the end there. Um, uh, one of the devotees there named uh, Shivananda, who Matt and I were really connecting with deeply. He's also a he's also a devotee of Hanuman, and so we were talking a lot about Hanuman and connecting there. And um, he just looks at us and he he says, you know, it's, it's time for you to both to receive your your spiritual names. You know, you need new names and um um. He, you know, we just felt very connected with him. It was one of those things that kind of goes beyond beyond language. You know, you just feel a, kind of a deep connection there. So he, he felt it was time for us to no longer be known as as Chris and Matt. <laughs> you know, so um, so the the um, the teacher there, she she's known as um, Mother Jadarani, or also her her name is um, um, Sierra Marani Dasi, and she is painted some of the most well-known Indian art pieces uh, on the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam and um, some of the some of the most beautiful paintings that I've been admiring were channeled through her and she's she's in her 80s now and the space there is full of, of her artwork and so yeah, she just she just looks at Matt and I and she you know she's she points to me and she's like your name is now uh Krishna Chandradas and points to Matt and you are um Madhavadas. So those are our, those are our new given spiritual names. So uh, I'll be updating my it's easy to remember because it's Krish Chris Krishna. <laughs> you can just call me Krishna and then Matt is Madhava. So it's easy, easy to remember. She made it easy on us here. So um and that connects so it was um uh Krishna Madhavadas, I mean, so I'm sorry, Krishna Chandradas, it means servant of the moon-like Sri Krishna. And it resonates with me the more that I, I think about that because in, in my in my Kriya Yoga meditation, after we do the techniques and you know, we focus, you're focusing here at the spiritual eye and we in our practice we we look at we look at that spiritual eye as a reflection of the moon of our soul glistening ever with the reflected light of thy presence they say that this point between the eyebrows is um it, it acts as a mirror you can close your eyes get into a deep focus of meditation put your focus at the point between the eyebrows here and they say it's a mirror to look inward to look inside through into the uh, infinite astral spine and when you focus there you begin to see a, a like a moon like a reflected light there and that that moon transforms you know it actually turns into a tunnel of light you see you see um 
you see a star in the center and then you see a blue uh, light and then a, and a golden ring. And everybody can do this. This is a universal uh, phenomenon. It actually looks so much like the, they call it the God's Eye Nebula. If you can, if you look up the God's Eye Nebula, it's 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 that there's a, a blue uh, blue sphere and then a golden ring around it and then like a bit of a like a silvery glow in the center, and that's the that's the symbol for Ananda the the spiritual community that I'm a part of they they use that symbol so for those uh, who are used to seeing that so that really resonated with me as a servant of the of the moon like Sri Krishna Krishna is the manifestation of the divine that comes to earth he's the He's the the great guru of Arjuna and the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is is just that that um, protective force that comes to earth to balance the uh, balance the forces of good and evil. And so, yeah, it's really nice to 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 have that um, that sort of just new shift in in my own consciousness to, to have that new name. Um, I think it you know in the same way of sort of like wearing beads or. Uh, wearing Ganesha on your shirt or having a, a spiritual name, for me, it just keeps me in that bhavana, in that vibration. So when I'm having interactions, you're introducing yourself as this, and it helps the conversations, the, uh, you know, the sort of just the way that you 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 carry yourself and, and all of that. So yeah, I felt it, it felt a really nice energetic shift from being being given that name. And also too, my my meditations this week have been highly elevated and, and have been yeah really, really kind of fantastic uh, meditation sessions that I don't want to get up from, but the time, it's always like you get to the end of it and it's like, oh man, it's time already. Uh, all right. Got to, got to get up. But um, in, in the practice of Kriya Yoga, the, really the goal is that at the, you, you go through the, the series of, of techniques and then you drop the techniques and then you're, concentrating at the point between the eyebrows like I was describing and you sit completely still your back is in a straight line as best as possible and you once you connect with or, you know with with me it's it's a connection to Yogananda and the lineage of gurus in the path and you feel this connection come over you I feel my head it's almost like there's a magnet pulling my head up and straightening my spine and then you you go into a state of suspended animation where the breath becomes really slow and you can even get into a place where you no longer need to breathe. So I was going for long periods of time without needing to breathe and just getting a taste of this. Um, as you master this techniques, you, you can go for long, long, long periods of time without breathing because you're actually getting life force energy coming in through the base of the brain, the medulla oblongata, energy life force, you're drawing it into here. And the, the life force energy, um, even as a fetus is developing in the womb, it develops from here and everything else branches out from that. So that's where life is created from that space that place, all of the limbs and everything. So that energy is, is generally flowing through the medulla and then out into our senses, out, out of our eyes, out of our arms, our hands, our feet. It's going into pumping our blood, making us breathe, you know, breathe, all of that kind of stuff. But in, in deep meditation and practice, you can learn to redirect that life force energy. So it goes straight here and then straight out here. 
-hmm. And then when you're doing that, it actually, there's no need for your heart to beat or your lungs to breathe or your cells to deteriorate. And then even just small moments of that experience can have profound effects on your mental well-being and your um, bodily healing. Um, So it's been cool to get little tastes of that here after couple years of practicing morning and night (laughs) just getting used to it just starting so I'm so curious obviously you know when you went there it wasn't to you know be blessed with these new names that were given to you by um you know these these enlightened individuals so how what is that I guess what does it mean Chris like how do they get to the space where they can look at you and 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 see who you are and then give and then call you by your name and what, what does that mean in terms of your life like would you introduce yourself as this as, as, with this name to others when you meet them would you include that on you know the the IRL um like for example like would you would you cha- would this be your could you change your birth name would you change your name on your license or is this more of a spiritual name that you use in specific areas in in your practice mm-hmm. yeah so it's 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 new to me um of course i've been i've been around a lot of a lot of uh, others who have who have had the this similar experience happen where they meet a saint or meet a great teacher and they just see you and and now this is your name you know and that's always when you talk to somebody that's usually how it happened it was just sort of this they they see you for a minute and recognize and then it just comes and so and you know what was funny is on our way there I I had a feeling I had a feeling that this was going to happen too. I didn't wow. I didn't there was no reason for it but I just felt that that it was it was time I guess. So it was just a little bit of a feeling that this might happen. There was no reason to think that. We, this was this was only our second time uh meeting with this group and we're we're of a different um we are of a different path and uh, different techniques and philosophies but all all true paths are aiming at the same the same goal so and we also uh, in our path of kriya and following yogananda we can learn from other teachers it's not that you know you have one path and you don't you actually look for your guru to speak to you through everyone and all teachers. And we keep a really a, a strong bead on our path because you can't you can't take multiple paths and get you can take one path and, and it'll take you there, maybe in a winding way this way. And then you can take another path. It'll get, but you can't take both at the same time. Right. But they all they're all leading towards the same thing. And so, you know, when when my brother and I were on our way there, we were talking a bit about it just as that as having an open heart and, and hearing um, hearing the 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 words of other teachers and seeing it all as coming from the same source and and so when we were connecting really deeply with shivananda he 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 just tell you know as soon as as soon as he met us he 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 just was sort of like uh really connected with both of us you know he's just one of these guys that just stares looks into your eyes you know we're not talking for you know like for about 30 seconds you know he's just looking in your eyes and wow. he's like okay all right <laughs> you know um so you, I, there's just a, a spiritual connection that you can develop that goes beyond language sometimes when you meet somebody where they can mm, just get a sense of who you are and and um 
be able to be a channel for what wants to happen, I guess is the way that I'll put it. It's a yeah, mysterious journey. And then uh, receiving that in a, in a way, being open to those sort of things. Um, I think it, it also comes as you're, you're, you mentally prepare for these uh, sort of experiences to happen. I noticed that that's always the, the way that it is in my own uh, unspoken personal spiritual journey in life. It's usually I'll I'll notice myself opening to an idea like a, a new name or opening myself to having a guru or even in Web3, opening myself to being interested in creating artwork for the, uh, you know, digital collectible space that I was previously had an aversion to. As soon as I overcome the obstacles, wrap my mind around it, I feel good about it, then a synchronistic event will will show up and that will take me forward. So that's the same way that this happened with the, the spiritual name. And the way that I look at it for the way that I'll introduce myself for now, it's probably, you know, like including it in my including it in my bios for my, you know, my different social medias and my handles um, for my emails and in just introducing myself in that way to in the physical for people that would would get it or, you know, as it starts to, you know, warm up. And uh, so, yeah, there's not really any rules for it. Um, it's it's oftentimes like if I'm talking to spiritual people that will get it, <laughs> introduce myself that way. But I like the idea of of um, using it more and more. So I'll kind of work it into my life more and more because it 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 helps me just align myself with where I want to go and to keep my mind on Krishna, which is 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 the is 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 a form of the formless that I can if I keep my mind. And Yogananda talks about you keep your mind ever turning on God. Just like Hanuman, he's always chanting you know, Rama, Rama and Krishna. They're both incarnations of the God of prote- the the um, protective force of the universe. That protection force of the universe manifests as a human being on Earth during certain times when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. We always think about like oh, these aliens are going to come to Earth and manifest on Earth and 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 save us. Well, these aliens have been manifesting on Earth in every age over and over they're called jesus christ buddha krishna rama paramahansa yogananda um in the, the dalai lama <laughs> they're they're these these extraterrestrial these are beings that can be on any planet at any time and they they take manifestation here on earth to do certain work in certain times when we need it the most so that protecting force is always around. So just like Hanuman, I'm keeping my mind ever turning on on uh, that, you know, Rama, 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 or um, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Yeah. Beautiful, Chris. Well, I'm, I'm so happy for you. I can see the light in your eyes when, you know, when you talk about it and what it means to you. And uh, it's, it's really special that you get to that we all get to kind of come along on this journey with you as you have these ex- incredible experiences. I think it's inspiring and it, it's magnetic. It draws you in. And um, I think that's, you know, when you, when you say like, uh, you know, the, the, these aliens and these entities that come to this earth, I think that, that whatever that is, that's inside of those people that we are all connected to, if we are open to it um, and conscious of it, you know, 
there is something really magnetic. It's something that draws you in, like 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 water returning to the ocean, you know, through the rivers and streams, um, you know, and all of these other scientific ways that you know um, that we all end up returning back to where we first came. You know, uh, I, I I almost feel that there are some people who listen to it and go and run towards it and it they, they realize just this is it's it's where i'm from it's where i've always been and it's where i'll always be and then there's others who feel like oh, i'm detached from that that's not even real i, I pretends like it's, it doesn't even exist and then you end up going through these struggles in your life you end up feeling you know there's a great quote that says no man is an island um, when you operate like that, like you're disconnected, like your experience is different than everyone around you and you're not connected to anything else, there's so much strife and struggle that comes with that. And it doesn't have to be like that. There's like this tap, you can tap into it where this universal knowledge and uh, wisdom and love that you can experience that can inform you know, who you are and what you go through if you just kind of open yourself up to being interconnected. And um, I can feel it when you talk. I've never had those experiences. And so sometimes it does feel a little bit uncomfortable for me or a little awkward because I've, I've never been able to put myself into a mindset where I embrace, you know, I couldn't imagine meeting someone and then sit, them looking at me and saying, i sorry, I can only imagine meeting someone, them looking at me and saying, you are, you know, you are someone, you are, you are this name and me trying to put that through my filter. If I didn't have this conversation with you, I'd be lost. I'd be like, what are they talking about? I'm Jason Derocha. I was born at this, in this hospital, in this town, in this city. Um, but now that you've kind of opened my eyes to that, you've opened my eyes to just possibility, like what if, you know, and I think that's pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, this, the, this devotee of Shivananda, it, he was he was basically waiting for us, you know. Didn't know how you was going to meet you, but I, and now now you're here, and wow. and th and that's usually the way that it happens. I've I've, I've had that experience with other sacred artists too. In, in another one in Miami that we just um, my brother and I, uh, another artist named Merrick Buckwald, and he also has a, has an Indian name as well associated with his name. But we were we were admiring his art at one of the fairs during Art Basel. He has this beautiful Sanskrit artwork that he creates. And Matt and I were just there, you know, reading the details about the artwork and enjoying it. And we didn't know that he was the artist. He, was, he came up behind us and was asking us a little bit about the artwork and stuff. And then and then he he says to me, he, sa he says, um, hey, uh, have you ever heard of an artist named Pale Horse? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's me. That's us. We're, you know, we, we, we make these paintings and all that. He's like, oh, okay, good. Cause I, I've been, I knew that I was going to meet you here at some point, you know, so it's, it's good wow. that you're here. And then we just started talking and then I, he lives out in LA. So I went out and, and met with him out in LA and, um, yeah, you just have these kind of interactions pretty more and more regularly. And then, when you're in this kind of a flow and you're used to synchronistic events and, and meeting people that are tuned in like that, these kind of conversations is kind of happen all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it. that's it. Like, that's why I'm so curious and so inspired by it because everyone wants to have those experiences. Even those, the most, even the most skeptic of us, 
it's almost like you want people to prove your skepticism wrong. You just want one day to wake up and be like, all of this is a miracle. And there, the skepticism sometimes keeps you from having that experience. Not, not sometimes. I think it always, um, it, 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 it always will put up the, maybe this isn't real and maybe this isn't true, or maybe I shouldn't dive in completely. Um, and I'm not saying it's not good to be a skeptic. I think it's, it's, it's great. I think that it's important to question things. Uh, and I think maybe when you have the experience, it makes it that much more meaningful because it defies your logic or it defies that, that level of skepticism that potentially either protects you from it or allows you to open yourself up more to it. Um, so yeah, I just mm-hmm. want to thank you, Chris. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so how does that, what, what the, 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 I'm so sorry, the artist who has done the most beautiful artwork, um, I believe it's like, like the, 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 the um, the Hindu, um, spirituality, um, all of the artwork, I saw some pictures and illustrations that she had put together and I was just blown. It didn't seem like a human being could have authored that or illustrated that. It just seems otherworldly. Maybe mm-hmm. by maybe sharing a little bit about her and her work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in, in speaking to her about how it's created, it really is that she's a, a willing channel for this to come through and that the artwork is meant to be a transmission of the divine for the viewer. So when you're there looking at it, if you're sensitive and you're and you're welcoming it, it's supposed to be a, a direct connection to the divine through the visuals and to give you an experience. And she was saying, like a like I'm sure all sacred art painters, is that when you're creating it's it's you're creating from a place where you you are becoming a channel with going beyond thinking about anything else going beyond your own ego and she chants chants mantras the whole time where she's creating painting and allow, allowing this to flow through and she's been doing it for so long she's in her 80s now has been painting since she was very young and and was taught by um uh, Sri Prabhupada, uh, how to paint, and and he was a painter as well, and and blessed her with with this, and has just been doing it ever since as a willing channel, and that's the way that that's the way that Matt Madhavadas and I paint together is that we get into a a state of uh, we use meditation in the mornings and 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 some yogic techniques as well. And then when we go to paint as best as possible, and it's a it's a practice of getting better and better at it to be able to keep your mind ever flowing on God the whole time. Mm-hmm. And every time you pull a line with the paintbrush to enjoy laying down that paint and keep chanting the mantra and feeling uplifted feelings that way. I was saying to Matt, since we, you know, I've been a, I've been an artist professionally for the last 20 years, but painting is new to me. I create artwork digitally on my Wacom tablet because that's what I went to school for, illustration, graphic design. And I've been making posters and artwork for brands. And it makes so much sense for me to stay in that lane for all these years because that's the way I, you know, support 
yeah. myself through that. And so painting was always a, a, a hobby, like a thing that I would love to do, but I just don't have time to, to, to do all the, so much that goes into all of the, you know, the type of paint that you use, the type of brush that you use, the way that you get the paint to, to flow properly onto the, the canvas to look the way that you want it. And so there's a lot to that. And so what I was telling my brother is, okay, as we're learning to paint, if we can just be in this uplifted state as we're we're making these paintings, then people that are looking at it will feel that from the work. And we, we were very, I, I told that to Matt and it was nice that, that he quickly like, okay, that's what we're going to do. And he, he very, very strongly made a determination that that's what he was going to do. And this was over the pandemic. I know a lot of, a lot of us, if you remember back to that time, I think we were all going through almost like a, uh, a year-long psychedelic trip is what it felt like. You just all of the, all of the the whatever things that you need to work out to to get yourself to be in a better place after it was over. We were all seemingly to going through these like dark nights of the soul, yeah. all of these struggles, all of the little parts of yourself that you need to work on are like coming out in the light, and everybody's pointing them out. <laughs> That's what it felt like to us. Yeah. And so we were just staying strong. You know, he was, we were doing a lot of paintings together. He was staying at my house and we were just um, focused on some, we, during that time when we were just learning how to paint, we got hired to do a, uh, a large painting for someone's house. And this was before we were doing paintings. Uh, we got hired to do a full room, multi-sensory room installation that was full of, um, we had seven foot Shiva paintings, whole um, uh, in, indoor murals that we were doing and uh, paintings, you know, behind it and, and all around. So we, as we just decided to step in and start painting, I immediately started getting hired for big projects for painting. So we were just like, okay, this is do or die. Let's learn how to do this and stay focused on it. So we were together, you know, day and night working on big projects and just staying in this, even though there was so many outside distractions and inner turmoil when yeah. we were there painting it's like calm your mind focus use your techniques enjoy watching this paint go on and the room that we did it was it's at the fairgrounds i'll put a link in the in the show notes here you can go visit it it's here in florida in st pete it's a it's a permanent ongoing installation until they put up something new but the idea is that that was a catharsis time for 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 us while we were painting that. I'm also another um, apprentice, a friend of mine, um, Kat Gomez, was painting in there with us, and we were all going through our own inner turmoil. And that was like this: we would just go there and paint day and night and get it all out into that space. And we just dedicated it as a place of healing. That if you mm -hmm. come in here. There's there's healing music that's playing that a, a good friend of mine Manuel Mendez a sound healer made the music and then all the the artwork of it's a combination of Shiva and Shakti the male and female um, balance um, infinity mirrors stained glass projection uh, projections that are you know spinning around the space and and that's what a lot of people would report when they go in there they were like i just I, I came in there and people just tell me they just started crying being in the space wow. or they just had to go in there and sit down for a little while because it just it was such a moment of just release and that's what we were just um, praying for it to be for people because that's what it was for us so just a little bit about you know sacred art creation there wow that's beautiful mm -hmm. I, how does your, you know, your wife obviously doesn't necessarily um, have the same sacred 
focus in her life in terms of the work that she does. And you come home and you're like, I just met this enlightened person that gave me this new name. And I feel, how do you, how does that, as I'm thinking of myself and my, the conversations that I have with my wife and I'm like, sometimes, sometimes it's not even that, like, I'm just like, I'm just focusing on my work as a, as an author and publisher. My wife's like, I don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing <laughs> on my own work, but how does the, how do your conversations go in your house? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because that, that's, that's such a big part of this whole, the art and science of the spiritual journey Mm -hmm. because we are so different in that way. I I tell people when they ask me about my wife is like, yeah, does she, does she also practice meditation? They imagine, you know, her and I meditating together. She's Indian (laughs) too. She's, um, she's, um, she's from Guyana and South America, but her, 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 she, her mom is is Chinese and her dad her dad was uh, Indian so they think that she's obviously the one that is uh, you know brought me onto the spiritual path yeah. but um I, I tell people there there's you have to search hard and long to find somebody um less interested in in exploring their <laughs> inner consciousness <laughs> um but at the same time like she's so intuitive. I, I I always tell her too is a, is a, the first time you sit down to meditate you'll probably you know before before you you're on your deathbed you'll probably just immediately you know re- go into samadhi <laughs> bliss but uh, but yeah she's she's not interested in it but she's she allows me to have my my interests mm. and I fight for them you know I yeah. I, I definitely. I feel strongly about, and I just can't help it. Like I'm just so curious about the world and life, and I just have to do it, or else I, I just have to do it. So um, I have to go. I have to go after my my follow my bliss and my dreams, and I have to like keep searching and studying, or else I'll go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And so she allows for it. She's my anchor to to she's my like um firm, you know, kind of connection to the physical world. She's so helpful in, you know, helping me with finances and uh, and the, you know, she's so much better at all of the physical reality stuff that I would neglect if I wasn't with her. So we have this like balance of of, you know, responsibilities and roles and and for me and what I tell other friends who are getting onto a spiritual path and have partners that are worried about them is that the thing to do is to, whenever you go to a ceremony, a psychedelic experience, to a, a transformative meditation or retreat, or you're having things, no one is going to be upset if you come back happier, have more joy, uh, are, are friend kinder, friendlier. Yeah. So I try to just keep that like keep that in mind as 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 much, you know, weird, uh, you know, some, sometimes confusion that's going on as your, you know, your your you know, past self is dying and the new one is being reborn. You're going through this inner battle and turmoil all times. It's don't show that. Don't let that be like, you know, you have to use your we're training our minds. So we should be able to train our minds to be able to keep it calm, focus. So we're, when we're around other people, we're not scaring them. Yeah. We're keeping it calm and and joyful and pleasant. So I try to do that. Obviously, as you go through all these journeys and things, sometimes 
you struggle and sometimes you you have difficult things so yeah we've gone through ups and downs through it all um but always we trust each other so i know that and and i've you know i've done all the deep inner work of you know uh asking you know are we meant to are we meant to be together are we good for each other and and always the resounding is like yes 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 so i have it in my mind that you know like uh, we are meant to be together. I'm stronger with her. So I'm going to do everything that I can to advance myself spiritually and also keep the harmony between us so that we're going stronger and stronger yes. together. So when you come home and you're like, here's my new name, how, what's the response? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's always it's always a shock and a and a, and a real and like a disappointment and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh what are you yeah and, uh, and a fear and all that and then eventually it sort of like uh, uh equals out at this point i've been so shocking for for so long that it's kind of expected at this point <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, transparency and, and allowing us to get personal for a bit there, Chris, because I always try to put myself through this with because I, I have to go through it, you know, in, in my own house with my own wife and um, and my kids. And I always and and like it's the balance, right? Like not everything that is absolutely um, front and center and priority for you is going to be front and center and priority for the people that you love. And so you have to find that balance of saying, well, this is important to me. So I want to share it with you so that you can be happy for me. But I also don't want to burden you with my focus and my priority, because I know that this isn't your number one focus and your number one priority. And I need to give, I need to hear you and I need to listen to what makes you tick and what inspires you and, and makes you want to get out of bed. Um, and so it's always that that careful balance. So I, I appreciate that perspective mm -hmm. and i do my best not to and i do my best not to talk about spiritual things with people who don't care yeah about it True. because it doesn't do anything for any either either party when you do oh, that it that. becomes yeah yeah. So like on, so that's why I love having this podcast because I just you know you're interested in hearing about it. Maybe the the people that are listening obviously like hearing about these things. So I can talk openly and yes. get it out. I can talk about all the things that are going on in my practice and in my mind that I can't share all the time. So yeah. it's a really helpful thing. So finding beneficial outlets. Being an artist is really helpful for a spiritual path because you can get your your feelings out through making artwork. Yeah. and share you can get into interesting conversations because people are attracted to the painting that you make so okay we can talk about this painting and it's not yeah. like i'm trying to i'm never ever ever interested in converting anyone or telling anyone that they need to be doing this or that if you become called to it and you want to talk about it i'm here but otherwise like do whatever you want <laughs> do whatever yeah. you feel like yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I know, you know, right now in the world, there are a lot of things going on right now where, you know, we, we talked about a little bit on the, um, we were in a, we were in a space together and, and it was just on the, on the heels of the earthquake that happened and the tough times that people were going through and um, in Syria and in uh, Turkey. And, you know, I know people are going through tough things all over the world. That one's just front and center right now. And Last night I had this experience with my youngest um, because, you know, she, she, she's getting to that age where 
you know, there's certain things she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to go to school. She doesn't want to go to gymnastics on the weekend. She, and there's some things, of course, like we all do, we all take for granted. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, baby, I know sometimes you'll be having experiences in life where you feel like it's like walking through mud and you just would prefer not to do it. But it's important to see those things as a privilege because there are a lot of people who who would do anything to change places with you. And just for a moment to, to experience going to school today, even in the snow and in the wet, or, or going to gymnastics when you just feel it's so warm and safe under the covers, you don't want to get out um, because they they may have either been in a situation for a while that they that they um, that they just wish that they could have those experiences or their situation changed overnight. Like those kids who who, who are dealing with the 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 fallout of the earthquake and losing their family and losing their house and losing their their life in some cases. And my daughter was like. I, I don't understand and I want to see it. What what are kids going through? So I found an image, I found a not an image, a small a short video that was that was that was the reality of the of that that of the reality that some children were facing, but not so devastating that it would completely, you know, shock my daughter into a space where she couldn't come back. So there was a there was a, a video that I saw where there was a child that was trapped in some uh, in, in a building that they couldn't get out right away. And there was a video of them just giving him water through a small crack that he could get his face to. But, you know, for her, she's never seen anything like this before. And she, she was overwhelmed with emotion. And she's like, well, daddy, why don't they just take him out? Why can't you save him? Because I'm like a superhero to her. Um, you know, what, then her mind goes like, it's not something that daddy can just do. And it's not something that they can just do because if they move just that one rock, the whole thing could come down and, and she says, well, why doesn't God do something? Why does it, why does he let this, this, uh, why does he allow this to happen? If we know that he saves people and, or, or God can do anything like why, like she's going through this in her mind. And I just thought to myself in that moment, like, wow, like, I'm so grateful for one that my daughter doesn't have to have that experience right now in this moment. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but we are safe and in this environment that allows her to contemplate these things. And, you know, for that very second, she was just like, just, just so she was so thankful that she was in her room with her dad that loves her and that she was safe. But she's like, how come everybody doesn't get this experience, daddy? How come everyone's not at home with their mom and dad safe right now? Why is that boy there by himself? And it was so hard. And I, 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 and I just said, I said, I don't have an answer. And, not, and sometimes in life, we don't have an answer. We don't always have a solution. All we can do is be grateful for where we are. And if we can't go there and physically remove them, then we send as much positive thoughts and energy and light in our hearts. And we pray for them. And we, and we do as much as we can mentally and spiritually so that these people don't feel like they're alone. And so that's what she wanted to do. She's like, can we just, can we pray for them then, daddy? And I said, yeah, let's, let's do that right now. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, how do you reconcile the joy that we all try, that we all search for in this world where there are, is devastation that's ex being experienced at the, at the very same moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing when we see these kind of 
atrocities happen around the uh, around the world, especially through the eyes of a child, because they're so sensitive to feeling. They're not so separate from everyone else. I think when we're younger, we feel more connected to others and feel what when somebody's hurting, we're all hurting, yeah. and we get we lose that if we're not careful as we get older and older. And it's yeah, it's really interesting to hear the way that she went through all of the the different angles to think about it and to contemplate it. That's really nice that you're able to have that kind of a conversation from a higher perspective rather than maybe other kids that their parents just had the news playing and they're just uh, coming across it and just getting this um, feed and just creating this underlying fear and post-traumatic stress disorder that just comes over time and you don't even know where it came from. So having those kind of like real moments where you're exploring it and using it for benefit for both of you and for everybody is, I think that's really cool and more people should approach it in that way. And yeah, the, the having that technique and that understanding that there is no disconnection between all souls in the universe Mm -hmm. that we can actually have an effect on that person that is in that predicament if if they're calling out in that moment for 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 peace or they're they're looking for for help and there are people all around the world sending love and energy then the universe is responding and and sending sending that to them and they can feel it in that moment there really is there really something to that and we every tuesday morning at 11 we started our warriors of light broadcast where we gather with others who are interested in doing this, that we're deeming, this is a practice that I learned from my teachers at Ananda Village. We were doing it during the pandemic lockdowns and sending this gathering as warriors of light. I will overcome fear with faith, hatred with love, disease with health. We're all warriors of light. We fill the world with God's light. And for those of us who are here during this time, and we're going, there's so many things that are happening around the world that are difficult to see and to uh, not be dragged down by. And I think to answer the question there is that it's for for those of us who are um, uh, interested in becoming more and more conscious and for actually helping the world, it's our duty to stoke the fire of inner peace and calmness and joy and love. Mm. One of um, great teachers, Swami Kriyananda, he says that love, because love is hard to, it's hard to pinpoint what that really means. It's so convoluted, we don't really know. But this is really helpful, been really helpful for me. He says that love is bliss in motion. Mm. So you first feel bliss within yourself, you have to feel it. You have to feel bliss in yourself in order to share that with anybody else. If if you say you you love someone and you don't feel any bliss within yourself, how could you share that with anyone? You might have a, a twisted idea of what love is. You might desire them. 
you might want something from them. So you say you love them, you know, you you need them. <laughs> but love should be an offering, a giving. And if you don't have anything to give yourself, then how can you be a, an instrument of love? So if we are, say we see these things, these atrocities happen around the world, we can, it can break our hearts, of course. That's, that's, that's perfectly natural and, and good to, to see it and to feel empathy and to, to let it break our hearts. And then, but it's also important not to get dragged down. It's the whole idea of if you go to help a swim, a swimmer that's drowning, drowning, and you go out there and you don't know how to swim yourself and they just, you both sink, this, you didn't help. Um, so the idea is if, if you're conscious and you're wanting to help, it's very important to uplift yourself on a regular basis daily, especially when you're seeing a lot of difficult things daily, stoke that fire, find, find a way to be happy, find a way to, whether it's breath work, and it goes beyond thoughts and language. You're not faking it. You're not thinking about being happy, even if you're not. You're using tried and true scientific, artistic techniques in order to go beyond language and 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 receive uh, bliss that's always flowing to you from the universe. And Swami Kriyananda says that this God's love is always flowing to you, but it is us by our love that must complete the circuit. So when we're we are receiving that we're receiving it and sending it at the same time sending it to we we call it the divine mother the divine mother's love is flowing to you you receive it and you give it back and we can heal the planet in this way we can heal our friends um i have a, always a, a running rolodex of people that i meet that will tell me about things that they're going through friends that i know are struggling and every morning and night i see them smiling after my meditations where I'm in a state of feeling joy, I, I feel joy and then I just see them in my mind and I see them bright and happy and joyful and, and free from their um, uh, illnesses and whatever they're going through. And 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 we can do that with, with anybody, anywhere. And I'm surprised so often about how, how well it works or somebody will that I never told that I was doing that that will call me and tell me they, they, they've been thinking about me or they feel it or, you know, that sort of a thing. And um, so, yeah, that's just a little bit of thoughts on that. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. I feel like um, for myself, when I think of those, it's it's like, I'm, I'm not sure if I said this to you before. It's like um, when you drive past the cemetery, this is just like one of the thoughts that I have sometimes. Um, you could just drive past and ignore. It's just a cemetery. But it, I, I can't remember. I'm sure someone said this to me. Or I'm sure I've read it. Um, or maybe or maybe this was just one of those moments where I was able to connect with that higher power where I drove past and it hit me like a ton of bricks that all those souls who who, who gave themselves before me where it was it was for me and it was for everybody else that's up here driving their cars or walking down the street they all sacrificed themselves to make somebody smile and it could be just once in an entire lifetime but that one drop of positive energy that they gave to maybe one person on their street or or to, to inspire a child or to to be generous to a soul that needed the generosity or the or to love or to have the courage to love somebody 
all of those things creates the 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 interconnectedness and the tissue uh, that allows us to continue to thrive on this planet. And so what I often do is when I pass a cemetery, I close my eyes and I say thank you to all those souls who came before me for all of the contributions, small and great, um, during their lifetime that allows me to drive on this street in my car and have this moment. I, I, I try to make that, um, it doesn't matter if I'm here in Toronto, it doesn't matter if I'm in Singapore or New York or California, Whenever I am passing those those spaces, it's just a constant reminder that someone here before you cast their bread upon the water so that us further downstream could survive and be nourished by it. And uh, I, I think about that. And then I think about the moments that are happening right now in Turkey and, and Syria, even with my own daughter. And as hard as that is, I try to say to myself, well, what is the what is the blessing that comes from this heartache and pain and devastation? And the blessing is, like you said, I have the chance to have this, this heartfelt, thoughtful conversation with my daughter that as painful as it is in the moment to see her have this experience and not having, you know, much to, 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 to filter it, um, except this incredible heart and, and, and this interconnectedness that all children seem to have. I'm just, I feel blessed that I had to have that, have to have that conversation as hard as it is, because maybe that allows her to be a more thoughtful human being or, or more grateful human being. Um, maybe it inspires me to be a better father. So I can learn if I, if I don't feel comfortable in that moment, I can, I can read or I can immerse myself in, in, in a, in a, in a wisdom that will allow me to better communicate with my daughter for the rest of her life. Like these, these hardships, these moments of hardships really do create opportunity for growth and love and gratitude that can really carry us to, to make this world a better place. Um, so that hopefully when we all are in the grave somewhere or we go back to our maker or we move on to the next, wherever that next realm is, those who are still here will will also feel gratitude for the for the contribution that we made and for the space and time that we occupied in our lives so that's kind of how i try to perceive that's that's a great practice i also like visiting graveyards and having similar experiences with that and yeah it is a really good practice to now in our lives one of one of my teachers brahmachari sagar he had a class on death and and dying and um they had a part of the class it was it was to asking you to make a you know write down what people would say about you imagine that you've passed on and, and imagine what what you're close what everybody you were and, and really think about that and and imagine that and just put yourself okay i've passed away I'll, what do they feel about my my passing what are the things that people are going to remember and, and that can be kind of jarring to do that and then it may it might kind of snap you out of of uh the life that you're currently living in like oh man i, I really want to be remembered a little bit differently than I would now at this point in my life and you make little adjustments and tweaks to it so that you're the thing that you leave behind is, is more high energy. Yes, actually in uh, Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King Jr.'s autobiography, I'm, I'm turning now just to look because 
he he talks about that specifically and he where he he says you know he often thinks about his own death but not in the morbid sense but in in the way of how he would want to be remembered i'd love to share it um with with i'd love to read the passage if if you give me 30 seconds i can find the book mm-hmm. yeah let's do it okay give me 30 seconds i'll find it mm-hmm. but chris can maybe continue with your thoughts on this because i think it, it'll be important for you know all of all of us who are listening so uh while you're speaking i'll, I'll go and find the book okay let's see where you know having I, I wear this i wear this mala bead necklace here that has skulls on it it's a this is a buddhist concept of impermanence that this body is impermanent this life is impermanent all of the personalities and people around us are impermanent this you know building this house that you're in everything that you're experiencing in the physical reality is impermanent but your consciousness is eternal and life is all there is you know that's a illuminati congo john john hooks was talking about that life and death are not opposites life is all there is life is going to be with you for eternity this is this is my understanding i'm not asking anybody to believe this but life life goes on even when the body dies and all of these um, things that we're experiencing now will end like a like a distant dream and be forgotten so it's it's important in life to what we're going to take with us is ourselves our consciousness we're going to take this we're going to take this this consciousness with us into the next realm into the astral realm into the after death state and we're just going to continue on making experiences just like in a dream you go to sleep and if you have restless thoughts then all of a sudden those restless thoughts turn into a dream reality that you're experiencing you may have to experience hell realms if you have hellish thoughts fears anger in your mind you may have to experience that but the idea with death is that none of these realms are permanent in the christian you know the current christian narrative is that there's heaven and there's hell and that both of these are uh, forever and that's that's a that's a um that's a misunderstanding of 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 what this truly is it really is that we you know the bhagavad gita says that which occupies the mind at the moment of death determines the destination of the dying and when we go through experiences you know in life we go through difficult things and we learn and we grow and then we move out of those difficult things once we learn the lesson. Same thing. This is what the, the great scriptures tell us is that the same thing happens in the after death state. That if we, we we may have to go through hellish realms. That's what the, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which describes the bardo phases that that you can that I've experienced in my psychedelic journeys after after uh, studying the, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Bardo Total, that we may have to go through uh, hellish realms and learn lessons in the astral realm but every time that we go through a difficult challenge just like in the in the the tibetan book of the dead to move on to the next bardo phase 
sometimes we'll see monstrous things. We'll see very difficult situations. We'll be confronted with our greatest fears. But the book teaches us that all of these difficult situations, all of these monsters, that's why you see like in Tibetan Tanka paintings, like snarling demons with all of these, you know, drinking out of cups of uh, skull cups and uh, with all of these uh, just uh, ferocious imagery that if we see that, uh, and those are representational of the, um, the the experiences that we can have in these astral realms. But if we see each of these difficult situations as our teacher, as I as our guru, and say, "I I know you. I know you're you're actually my guru. This this thing that looks like a demon is actually an angel coming to help me, to teach me. And this is something that I need to go through and I need to learn from. So if you if you just um, have that awareness, and that's why reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead before you uh, experience, uh, before you, you, know, you go into the astral through a, through a death experience or through a psychedelic journey, that you have a reference point for seeing these dark things in in the astral realm and then being able to move through them and then feel this just uh, a sense of joy and enlightenment that comes through going through hard things in life or in the after death state beautiful chris thank you and um thank you for giving me an opportunity to to share what uh martin luther king jr said um in one of his incredible speeches about, you know, he obviously everyone knows that he lived a life um, of sacrifice. It wasn't a perfect man by any means, uh, but 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 who of us are? But you know, he he talked about how he would want to be remembered uh, through through the experiences, and you know, I just want to read this because when I heard it, um, I felt I felt to myself like. Of all the things that he could be remembered for, you know, he, you know, the civil rights movement and the winning the Nobel Peace Prize and, you know, um, ensuring that black people in America have the same rights as every other citizen and and standing up for justice. And then, you know, being the recipient of so much violence um, and, and arrest and unjust law, he this is how he wanted to be remembered. He said. Um, Every now and then, I guess we all think realistically about the day when we will be victimized with what is life's final common denominator. That's something we call death. We all think about it. And every now and then I think about my own death. And I think about my own funeral. And I don't think of it in a morbid sense. Every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I want said? And I leave the word to you this morning. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want to say to you that day that I tried to be right on the war question. I want you to be able to say that I tried, I did try to feed the hungry. And I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I tried in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say I want you to say that I tried to love and to serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. 
I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I wanted to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can share some show, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian ought, if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my life, then my living will not be in vain. I think that's just mm-hmm. so beautiful. And I hope that that's the way that we all strive to live our lives is to be just remembered for the contributions that we make to making this world a little bit better than it was before we got here. Mm-hmm. It's so important to, cause hearing, hearing his words like that, it makes you want to do more, you know, like it's like, yeah. Like what else are we doing with our lives and then, then trying to help others and to uplift and, and make things better. And, uh, knowing that people like that exist is is so great because we can get into if we're caught up in our own in our own experience and our own understanding we're not around high-minded individuals like that we can get into a place where we think that people like that don't exist you can say you know i remember back when i started like learning about spiritual teachers and, and and people like martin luther king jr and and Ram Das and these other teachers, I thought that they were all fakers, like charlatans in some way, pretending to be, because I couldn't even imagine that yeah. people live life in a, in an unselfish way and that give, 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 and really don't have an interest in material things until we actually feel that for ourselves or we're around enough genuine people. Then we can't we don't even think that there's so probably so many people on earth that think martin luther king jr even was like a, a charlatan yes. baker that had other ulterior motives or something like that just yeah. because they're projecting that on him yeah i'm sure you could even like search in youtube and find negative things about anybody gandhi martin mm-hmm. luther king jr jesus christ buddha mm-hmm. yeah you're 100 right mm-hmm. and yogananda would say people who do that they're only I forgot how he put it, but it's so perfect. He says, he said, you're only calling attention to your own stench. Ah, I love that. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. You can spend time. I think you said this in, in some of our, our first few podcasts. It just resonated to me. You know, you resonated with me. You just said, if you if you're out there looking for evil, you will find it. You will always find what you're looking for. So decide how you want to use your 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 energy and your focus, um, because you attract. You know what, what you're looking for. You will eventually find. You'll attract that into your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. We're we we're we're doing so. I think it's perfect. Like right at this this time to talk about it because it's like. Yeah, always focusing on the good, looking for the good, looking for the good. But we're not talking about turning a blind eye or not having compassion or not helping others or not um, sending energy to others or not talking to our kids about atrocities. This isn't that airy-fairy, new age, like everything's great, faking it, smiling, even when you don't feel like smiling. It's not that. It's actually facing the darkness, facing the darkness within you. Yeah. doing something about it you know getting your your own house in order 
so that you can be a light in yes. the world. Yeah, there's a great African proverb and it says, be careful of the naked man who offers you his shirt. And I think you have to make sure your cup overflows. You have to make sure, and, and it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but you want to you want to get yourself right because for two reasons. One is people want to, People want to be able to relate to someone that says, you, you know, that whole thing, do as I say, but not as I do. Mm -mm. You need to do <laughs> as you do. You know, you need to do yeah. it today so that you can help others um, by, by saying so that they will say, you know, Chris, he has a lot of wisdom, but his actions speak so loud. I can't hear what he's saying. And that's really it that, you know, you have to try your best to live the life. Gandhi said that the greatest challenge for a human being is to bridge the public and personal self. Who we want to be and who we are in the public, there tends to be this, you know, this, 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 who we really are and who we are in the public, there tends to be this gulf. Try to be yourself in, in every way, shape, or form. Don't use the, I heard somebody else talking about this, Chris, I want to get your take on it. Say like, when you, when you get to the space where you start talking about your ego as something separate from you, you, you now have an excuse. And he says, so try to see yourself in one. You are who you are. And just be who you are and try to make that the best self. If it is not your ego, it is you. And you made a mistake and you can be better. You can learn from it. And, 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 and don't, don't separate yourself from your frailties. Embrace them. They are who I am. I, I, I made a mistake yesterday. I, I made a vain decision. I, I made a superficial choice. I made a selfish choice. It wasn't my ego. It was me. And I take full accountability and responsibility for that. And I'm going to work hard at being a better version of myself tomorrow. Uh, I love this great, this great line Maya Angelou said once. They asked her, like, you know, after 80 plus years, how do you feel? And she says, well, I she's like, do you feel like you've you've got it? Do you feel like you've achieved it? And she says, uh, I feel like I'm on route. And so like, what do you mean? She says, well, I always found it kind of funny when someone comes up to me and says, I'm a Christian or I'm a Muslim or I'm a Hindu. She says, I always say to myself already, because I feel it's a lifelong pursuit. I don't feel like you ever get to the destination. It is something we always work towards. Mm -hmm. And she says, so at nighttime, before I go to bed, I bow my head to to the great to the greater to the greater good and, and and to all that is and i say i made i made 99 mistakes today tomorrow can you help me just make it 98 and i just thought that's beautiful like what a what a great thing to strive after you know just just inch by inch just be better inch by inch and um, mm -hmm. that's you know. it that's it. That's where that's where I think a lot of um maybe a lot of the turmoil comes from too with a lot of people that are at are um going after religious dogmas these days. And cuz that's what I was raised with go up to the altar say you're a sinner and and receive Jesus and you'll be saved, you right. know? It's if it were only that easy. Yeah. <laughs> If it were only that easy that all of a sudden you're just saved. And I think that's what's what's the problem is so many people walking around saying, I'm saved, I'm born again, when they haven't done the work. Yes. To and get it's, there. It's, and and it's it's you everybody else knows that's impossible. It's impossible to just like that. Because everyone's working at it. And as soon as someone's like, This is it, 
I, I've, I've achieved it, or this is the answer. You can, it's, and it's not something like a practice that you do every day. People see through that right away. And it's why people see, you know, I, I think it's why a lot of the time you, a lot of people see religion and spirituality as being so, you know, um, far-fetched or, or false because it, it, they're, they're, they see it as maybe a cloak of perfection and it's, it's not that at all. And um, I think it is always that practice of trying to be better. And it gives you, and it's, it, it does give you a connection to ancient wisdom and knowledge. And, but there are people who have taken that and have used it nefariously. And so all of that kind of taints it. And so, but to the individual who's out there, it may not be any one religion or spirituality. It just may be you making a commitment to be a better version of yourself and and finding the, as many resources as you can and tools as you can to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everybody's ready at different levels. Like I look back at my journey to get to where this, this small point on the, on the, the journey that I'm at now, and just looking back at all of the, all of the steps that, that, that I took to get here that just, you know, seemingly synchronistically just happened. And it came through, it came through so many different things. It came through even like playing in heavy metal and hardcore bands, punk bands that led me closer and closer, you know, it could come through all kinds of different things through skateboarding of learning lessons through traveling through meeting different people and you never know where it's going to come it's it yeah. i think it's all about just uh, having a having a desire to to get there and to be open for adventure and to like you're saying always make a, i think first of all the thing the big thing that came for me through big psychedelic experiences it it made me choose light or dark mm. that's what i kept having these these experiences where i would have i would just get confronted with that question who are you what are you what are you aiming at in your life you're very powerful you are going to become very very that's what it was showing me it was like you you are becoming very powerful and you need to make a decision are you are you a force for good or for evil yeah. and that was so hard to, and then it would throw me into this quandary of this captain's dilemma of two bad choices. And what are you going to do? Are you evil? Are you good? And I'm like, I don't know. I keep picking the thing that I think is good. And then it always ends up being evil. And I just kept going around in a loop and a loop. And then it just became this, it, it just, it just recognized that it was, it was about attuning yourself to goodness and just letting go to it and not trying to control or have this um have this like sort of tyrant mentality i'm gonna make the world good i'm gonna you know that would that's what would happen so often is people think like i'm good i'm gonna do good in the world and they they start like uh, making everybody conform to their idea of goodness right. I, uh, okay, these things are these things are good. These things are evil. Let's like uh, let's stop everything that we think is evil, and then all of a sudden, your your Ravana, you know, stealing the goddess, and the whole all of heaven is is after you because yeah. you became the worst thing that you were trying to fight against. And so, that's a big part of it too. It's just it's just go easy. Always attune yourself to to love. Um. So so often we hear, and we'll be talking to a- Annika Hart. Uh, and another podcast that her mission is 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 really fascinating in this idea of 
helping mainstream society to uh, recognize and feel a higher vibration. Mm-hmm. You, so often you'll hear about people talking about 432 hertz music <laughs> and how our music has been, they say sort of nefariously and like a conspiracy back in the 40s was all of the music was pitched to a lower frequency of 430, where it is a more ego-driven vibration frequency, and that now we're recognizing that that happened and and tuning the music back up so that we have um, actually a deeper connection through our music. Wow. And yeah. (laughs) And learning that... um, this like everything that we've been talking about um you, you can, through meditation through breath work techniques and, and and all these things that you can tune to you are you're you're leveling leveling up your own frequency um just like if we were going to make some artwork together let's get our own vibration up so that we can make high frequency artwork and think about everything that you're putting out into the world these conversations that we have that's why we do the the technique at the beginning to bring our our frequency up so that yes. we're not continuing to put out our own fears and our own, uh, you know, um, lower frequency vibrations. So the more and more that we do that, that's how we're helping to improve the world. And you will just get a spark of inspiration of what you can do to to help. You don't have to like, what am I going to do? And go on Twitter and, and, and start, you know, telling everybody they're awful. That's not what you do. Right. That's what most people think is activism these days is telling everybody they're full of shit. Yeah. I think turning inward and kind of looking yourself in the mirror, I think it's that balance, right? It's not like clobbering yourself over the head because you've made a ton of mistakes because then you could think that this is an impossible feat. You'll never do it. So what's the point of even starting? Because I have so far to go. Um, It's like compound interest. If people are are familiar with how compound interest works, in the first couple of years, you don't really make a huge difference in terms of the money that you're producing. And then, but 10, 20, 30 down the year, 30 years down the road, it's 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 all of a sudden the compound is, is, is tremendous. And that's the way that I feel like, you know, we should approach becoming a better person. It's not going to happen overnight or a week or a month or even a year, but incrementally, these little changes that you make every day. And the forgiveness that you give to yourself for failing, because you will fail on route, 10 or 20 or 30 years down the road, you're going to be so proud of who you are. And everyone who loves you is going to be rooting for you and will be proud for who you are, of who you've become as well. So I think as long as you make that commitment and balance it by being ultra, ultra forgiving of yourself and kind to yourself. Um, you won't you you won't help but be as kind and, and as forgiving to other people around you as well. Mm-hmm. And something that I'll add to that is when people criticize you when you're on this path in this journey of trying to better yourself, agree with them. Mm. It, it, you're so like you're gonna want to defend yourself. No, but you can't see all the things that I'm doing. I'm working so hard to make myself better. Now look what you're doing. You're yelling at somebody who was just pointing out something that could have helped you. But now the the response is to like it's the that's the ego protecting itself. Yes, it's like no. So take a minute. It sucks. It's hard. It feels terrible at first, but it's just some. It's just it's just a small pain. It's okay. Somebody's criticizing you for something and just take a minute, take a breath and just say, you know what? You're right. 
yeah. I, I'm gonna do better. I like the um I like the Japanese mentality. You'll see um my wife likes to follow like uh, MMA fighters and Japanese wrestlers and things like that on Twitter. So she'll like read me different things like that. And it'll be like, um, you know, a Japanese, uh, there'll be a, let's say an American wrestler that does a sort, certain type of a, a hold or a bridge or like a difficult, you know, a, a fundamental uh, wrestling technique. Yeah. And if you see like a, a Japanese wrestler gets a critique from like a, a master He'll just say, uh, so, "Sorry, master, I'll I'll do better next time." You know, oh, cool. not like this Twitter war of like def defending yourself is like, <clears throat> "I'm sorry, I'll do better." <laughs> wow. And so I've tried to adapt that. I love that. Yeah, being able to to take criticism on any journey, um, if you can do that well, and you take the walls down and you embrace it and you almost you you welcome it because you know that that's kind of the recipe for for growth and evolution um yeah it, it almost expedite that's actually the secret secret sauce to expedite the process to, to get to where you're trying to go faster is actually mm -hmm. is to take the criticism as 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 value add yeah that medicine tastes so bitter but it's good medicine yes yeah. drink it with a smile just like ayahuasca when they give you the cup drink it with a smile you know you know it's like the most bitter gristly stuff but you, you you take a smile and you put it down and try not to throw up on yourself and you smile <laughs> <back>. <laughs> and uh yeah and so i think the, the last thing that i was coming through this week that i'll share and then i'll just uh read um closing from yogananda yeah. here it'll be a good way to wrap up something that was coming through to me this week uh, as I think about what to share with our meditation group that we meet locally every Tuesday, every um, Wednesday, I just feel out what what is most appropriate for the group to hear, and just ask Yogananda to, to show me that. And and oftentimes it just comes through with just share joy, just come and vibrate with joy, talk about joy, talk about it's okay to be happy, and and read some words from Yogananda on joy, and then focus the meditation on joy, do a joy visualization. So that was coming through this week. So as I was thinking about that and the things that I was reading and sharing, it came through to me this week. It's very subtle. So listen to this. It's very subtle. A shift, but it's very powerful that we talk about being able to smile and have joy even during the hard times, during the dark times. Imagine if you could get to a place where you were that you were that person under under the rubble that they were feeding uh, water through a straw. Imagine if you were down there, just like relaxed, calm, peaceful, tuning in in a state of meditation. Could you, you know, that's a thing to, to aim after that you could get to eventually with a lot of practice, but that's a really hard, that's a really tall order. Um, having that in mind, something that was coming through this week was, okay, now, okay, have that in mind, but okay, imagine now next time you're, you're out with some friends or with your wife or people that you enjoy, or you're out in nature and it's a nice day, the sun is shining you're having a pleasant experience, you're eating some good food or whatever you're doing that's a, just a nice a nice time. You're with your daughter and you're having a nice time chatting or playing. In that moment, increase your joy, double it, triple it. Like, in tune into joy and say, can I feel more joy? Could I be more happy? Could I be more happy in this time where it's easy? 
Mm. and feel your 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 ceiling of joy rise rise bliss you know like all right i just it's just a sunset it happens every day but wow like really enjoy it give yourself permission to enjoy it and give yourself permission to emanate joy to the people that you're hanging out with you don't have to be ridiculous just you could be inwardly really yes. happy and yes. share it even without talking so i uh, give yourself permission to be happier in those easy moments and then when it's harder you'll have like a baseline joy level that you'll be able to have as your 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 um your uh foundation and then you could add to it you could be okay i'm under rubble now this seems really grim and dark i've just been but can i be calm can i can i this is what i've been practicing for okay now's the time can i do it now you know, I, my car just flipped over. I'm in an, I had an accident. It's like, can I be calm now? Right. You know? Yeah. That's a really interesting process. That's a, that's a great one, Chris. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I can't wait to see my kids tonight. Even, even the anticipation of having, you know, time with my children gives me a lot of joy. I'm going to try to elevate that. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's good. Yeah, it's a little flip, but it's like give yourself permission. It's just like when you go to a music festival, there's a little tiny person like on stage. He looks this big. You're in this giant thing. We all just decided that we're going to have a good time. So we do. Yeah. That's and so we good. like, I got on a plane. I paid a lot of money. I'm in an avatar costume. Let's all have a really great time. And you gave yourself permission to do that. But you could just do that going and watching the sunset. You could have the same amount of joy that you have from all of that that you went through to go on vacation or whatever. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, it's it's that's another conversation I would love to get into a little deeper with you. Um, you know, it's you you choose almost like associate joy with well, I spent a lot of money on this. Well, this is two countries away. This is supposed to be a vacation. So it's almost like that's, you're almost like giving yourself criteria for certain levels. Yeah. Of yeah. 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 It's okay. And everybody agrees like, oh yeah, it's it's okay for you to be really happy right now because we go through all this. You're at, but if you were, you might find if you just, if you're just really happy for not really a whole lot of reason at first, people are going to be like, what's up with him? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But imagine so how much just, enjoyable just, life is if you could bring joy to those moments that you uh -huh. get to experience every day. Man, yeah, and just be inwardly more happy. What an unlock! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So this is this is um, Yogananda giving you permission. This is a book I often read from here. Okay. It's a obviously here how to be happy all the time. <laughs> these re they're releasing a new one of these that's coming out soon too. I'm really looking forward to oh, getting cool. it in this series. So he says, O silent laughter, smile thou through my soul. Let my, let my soul smile through my heart, and let my heart smile through my eyes. O prince of smiles, be enthroned beneath the canopy of my countenance, and I will protect thy tender self in the castle of my sincerity that no rebel hypocrisy may lurk to destroy thee. Make me a smile millionaire, that I may scatter thy smile in sad hearts freely everywhere. Beginning with the early dawn, I will radiate my cheer to everyone I meet today. I will be the mental sunshine for all who cross my path today. I will burn the candles of smiles in the bosom of the joyless, 
before the unfading light of my cheer, darkness will take flight from the bosom of my brothers and sisters. Mother divine, teach me to love others and to serve others. Teach me to be true to my word, even as I want others to be true to me. Teach me to love others as I wish them to love me. Teach me, O mother, to make others happy, to make others smile. Teach me, O mother, to find my happiness in the joy of others. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jay. Wonderful Mm -hmm. discussion. Mm -hmm. Blessings of joy to everyone listening and um, go throughout the rest of your day, night, evening, afternoon, and feel more joy and share it with others.